it'll be interesting to look back on these conversations oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, five a year from now, two years from now, and just be like, wow, we were way overblowing this thing. Or, wow, we uh, we really underestimated, even though we thought it was going to be a big deal. We yeah, really we underestimated. Really under, <laughs> under blew it. Yeah. We, I, yeah. we should add a, a quick. Under blew it. <laughs> Scotch. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 401 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch shenanigans. I'm Seth and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam and I'm the webs programmer. I'm Sam and I'm the artist. And this is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is February 3rd, 20 Jubilee, or 2023. And before we get started, we have a warning, there's going to be profanity in this show, so... Buckle your pants, get ready. It's going to happen. Uh, And also thank you to our supporters over at moneygrab.bscotch.net, whose monthly donations keep our microphones going. All right, so let's get get into it. Uh, It's been been an interesting past uh, week or so. We're wrapping up a bunch of uh, of work in Crashlands 2 for our next big milestone. Uh, But that's not what we really want to talk about today. We're going to talk about is we've been playing around with some uh, some AI tools that we've scrounged up on the internet, and it's been pretty interesting. So, so the few that we've been messing around with are uh, ChatGPT, which we talked about we've talked about in the past. Which, by the way, just surpassed a hundred million users. Whoa, that so scaled real quick. I think it hit. A, it hit a million in five days, which I think the next fastest growing app in the world was like Angry Birds at like 30 days or something like that for a million. <laughs> uh, so already it was growing, you know, like six times faster than anything Jesus else. Uh, Although how many yeah, of those hundred million. accounts do you think are actually robot accounts? Yeah, it's true. You know what I mean? It's probably at least a lot. one. At least one. It's probably yeah. a lot of it. Um, so ChatGPT, which again, if you if you haven't played with this thing, just just go Go talk it to it. It is still it's free to like, play yes. with. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, the it, the free version of it is is uh, rate limited, I guess you would say, where it's, its re- replies are a bit slower. And also when demand goes too high, as in like their servers are being bogged down, uh, people using the free version of it uh, are the first, first to, to go. lose access and have to wait for it the, it to come back. There is uh, a way for you to get at sort of like a, a paid version of it. Um, that's a little bit kind of harder to find, uh, where you do just have priority access all the time, but yeah, just go free one. This thing, it's like, you could, it's just a, it's a large language model. You can just type stuff to it and tell it to say, tell it to do things or compose things or, or explain things. And, uh, and it replies. Yeah. Sometimes correctly. <laughs> yeah. Often correctly-ish. Um, rarely straight up correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and and this thing is growing so fast because people are, are recognizing the time save of being able to just kind of throw like the gist of an idea at this thing and have it, you know, compose a fully featured document mm-hmm. for you. Like I... <laughs> I, last week I was playing around with it and I was like, "Hey, Chad GPT, write an email uh, that I write an email for my boss with some suggestions on how we can improve communications in the workplace." And then it was just so I wrote up this email. I was like, "Hey, boss, uh, I've got some things have been going great this quarter. I got some great ideas on stuff we can do." Uh, and then and then it just made up some stuff, all of which were actual like real things that Generally businesses do. To, yeah, yeah, they're like good tips. Um, 
but but I saw it. And I was like, this is coming off too heavy handed. You know, I'm an employee. I'm talking to my boss. I need to. Okay? Yeah, I need to be more humble about it and not like not step on anybody's toes, you know? And so I just, I just told the robot. The office politics. Yeah. So I just told the robot like, Hey, uh, throw some flattery in there toward the boss and, and be more humble. And so it was like, all right. And, and then it just rewrote the email and it was just hyping up the boss and how great <laughs> things have been going and how, how great of a leader they are and stuff while still making the suggestions. But then it even like mixed in references to, uh, like making up that the boss had suggested these a while back and that I thought they were a good idea <laughs> and that we should like do them. Right. And so it's weird, right. That like you can get that coherent of a, of a thing um, and you can, you can tell it to revise and stuff as if you were talking to a person. Right. And it somehow does it can yeah. do it. Um, so we're playing around with that. Uh, there's a program called Descript, which we actually used quite a while ago as do uh, like for some podcast experiments. It's a, uh, it's kind of hard to describe what Descript is, but it's all about like audio transcription, but kind of in both directions. Yeah. It also has a video editor in there for some reason, which I haven't figured it out. It can also yeah, take it started audio as a transcription tool where you could then like get like real, it was like its goal is to have really good transcriptions of, of uh, audio and, and, and video, right? But then yep. to allow, and then but then to add this like fancy editing where because like they wanted to directly pair the text that they spat out with the uh, audio and or video so that you could then edit mm-hmm. the text and then have that snip out the course like you could delete a piece of text now that you know delete the corresponding thing, but they yep. very quickly started to add these more fascinating features into it where not only could you just like delete stuff and have that snip out this corresponding video. But you could also just change the text to something else, right? And yeah. it would try to AI its way through having you say that stuff. I don't think they, have they done that with the video part too, or is it still just the? I think they've done it with the video part yet, but they do have just the they audio. have auto. You could also just like auto scrub all of the ums and uhs from your speaking. I think yeah, that's yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it can remove filler. Very words. strange. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's a fascinating little little tool, and so. Basically, we're doing all this exploration stuff. We're kind of poking around. And again, we talked about AIs and limitations of them a few episodes ago. The fact that they are, you know, as it comes to chat GPT, that is, it, again, it's a stochastic parrot. So it does, it does not know what it is saying. So it doesn't actually have any opinions about anything or any knowledge. It's just, it is, yeah, it, just, yeah, saying it's just saying stuff. stuff. And so, um, <laughs> Again, the, the stuff sounds good and so oftentimes can be misinterpreted as being very factual when in reality, again, it does not know what, exactly what it is saying, but that's, you know, it's getting better over time. But um, the question started to pop up, which is like, okay, what if you, you know, if we really zoom out for a second and start looking at, let's look at a bunch of these different tools. There's a really good website called Futurepedia, where they actually just kind of list all of the AI tools that people have been building, everything from AI tools that make logos, you know, some of them are kind of good, some of them are terrible, uh, to AI tools that, you know, write, help you write your code. So GitHub Copilot's on there to the ones like Descript for audio management, video management, whatever. So you can kind of basically go there and just kind of scrub through all the places where this is starting to, things are creeping in this direction. They've been going this way for a while, of course, with machine learning. People call it the same thing. But um, And the question that sort of popped up was like, how, what was like one of the dumbest things you could do just as an experiment to chain all these tools together in such a way that it makes it like, just, how far can we push this in terms of us not doing anything? And having something come out the other side that appears 
as though we have done something. And so this, <laughs> this is where I think Seth, Seth had the idea to see if he could have basically this chain of AIs generate a TED Talk, give the TED mm-hmm. Talk, mm-hmm. and have him actually not ever, you know, didn't write a, write or speak yeah, write or speak anything. And then the final question was, given how much time it takes typically to produce those, you know, we talk about when we're practicing our talks and stuff, it's, you know, it's a, it's a minute, an hour of preparation typically per minute of uh, the actual talk that you're giving. Um, the question was, okay, what what's that time look like then? Uh, so Seth, I'll, I guess I'll let you take it away from there as far as what you... Yeah, so... So the the three tools that I ended up using was it was ChatGPT, which uh, which could come, which I could just say, hey, write me a TED talk about blah, and it knows what a TED talk is, and TED talks often have a pretty similar format to each other, uh, so it just kind of mimics the the concept of a, of a short TED talk. Um, I went to Descript, and one of the things you can do in Descript is you can upload an audio track of you speaking. It will transcribe it. You can review the text for accuracy so that you can make sure that the words that it thinks you're saying are the ones that it act, you know, that you actually did say. Um, and you, and you can then give that, that package. So it's the, the audio plus the transcript. You can give, give it that bundle of data and it will make an, an AI, uh, text to speech voice with your voice. Yeah. Okay. It <laughs> so, sounds like so, you. It's just you talking. It right? sounds like you. Uh, and so it's, and the, the cadence and inflections are not perfect. It's, it's basically, it's like a flatter version. Yeah, actually, I tried it for because, me and it was, it just does not work for, for whatever reason for how I talk. I don't know. Yeah. If you have a very dynamic way of speaking, it, it will still sound like the, the way that your voice sounds, but your speaking style it's won't exactly be wrong. Yeah. Um, well, it's because it, it's, it still, it's still close. It doesn't have the semantic Again, like none it of this doesn't know what it's saying, right? Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't know what it's saying, and so it can't. It can't also look at the text and not just say, "How does Sam say the word the?" Mm-hmm. Right? Or how does Sam say the word the when it's preceded by this other word or whatever? Right? Because you need a huge corpus of stuff to be able to start making like a really fine model. But even when you have that, there's still enough enough nuance in intended meaning and how like you can even just hear the way that I'm saying things I'm like I'm speeding up right now in certain parts and yeah, I'm slowing exactly. down other parts as I try to explain yeah and, and you're, like it goes you're higher thinking about things right I'm thinking about yeah, yeah so like you can't capture that in a way that doesn't sound artificial yet, yet. like we're not yet. Yeah. yeah we're very like yeah. we're still at the moment very far from that level of apparent fluency of like a computer generated audio right but, yeah, just but it's still well, eerie actually. Actually, it works pretty it works it, I'd say it's about 80% mm-hmm. as in if you hadn't heard me speak before uh, and you heard this AI, then, That's true. And it's then you heard me, then you heard, yeah, then you heard like me talking later, you would recognize yes. the voice, yeah. right? 100%. And and then, then you would realize like, oh yeah, the, the AI was like kind of much flatter and a much more sort of consistent pace of speaking. Yeah. But you can also um, see why like as a tool, not to just generate, you know, completely new audio from scratch. But as a tool to edit existing audio, you can see how yes. useful that would be because the the range of, of allowed values there is, on the one hand, like wider because people will forgive like something that's slightly off in a broader context because mm-hmm. actually everything we do and say, every little moment is actually slightly off, you know, because that's, that's the whole like actually – yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually like naturally generated stuff is like largely chaos. There's it's just messy. enough going on. 
there's enough of a of a redundancy in the information that's being transmitted that the fact that any one moment is actually really noisy is fine. And so that, that's why these tools can get away with this kind of stuff. They just have to be just good enough mm-hmm. that in the context- that Your brain kind of fills in the Yeah, that in the, the context of the real information, yeah. it, unless it's like really, really bizarre, then you don't even notice, right? But yeah, as soon as you try to generate an entire body of, of new text, it becomes harder and harder to do that in a way where somebody listening to it will think- Fully natural. Oh, that's a real person, yeah. you know? But that yeah. did do this. Yeah. It trained, trained up a voice. Got an AI voice. So I trained up a voice. Well, so I, I talked to Chad GPT and I said, write me a TED Talk about how I managed to turn my life around by starting a lawn mowing business. Mm. And so so it did, <laughs> but it was pretty it was pretty generic and bland, right? And I was like, add some stuff about some hardships that I had. And so then it kicks off the talk by talking about how my wife left me and I was like saddled with debt <laughs> and like all this. Like it just made up a bunch of bad shit that happened to me. Uh, and then it kind of integrated that into the idea that like I was able to overcome all these problems by like by mowing lawns. Um, but then I thought this is still too believable. Like this is something that a person could actually do, like start a lawn mowing business yeah. and actually have that be a fulfilling thing for them, right? Um, because yeah, it's a hard thing to do, and it's a business, and you know so all you that. Push this into onion territory, basically. Yeah, I was like, I need, I need to give a TED talk about something stupid, and so I said, just so I just told the robot, you know, just change uh, lawn mowing to blinking, mm-hmm. as in like I, I found meaning in life by blinking, uh, but it into it, I think reasonably interpreted that to mean sort of like paying attention to your blinking as a sort of a mindfulness concept. Uh, and so then I, I, so my final revision of it was where I just told it, no, no, no. I mean, actually blinking. Like As I in discovered the speaker it. of this TED talk had never blinked before mm-hmm. and all these bad things were happening to them. And then they finally tried blinking for the first time and then their life started improving and also their eyes were less irritated. Uh, and so, so it, Spun that up, turned this into a TED Talk, an inspirational TED Talk about <laughs> finding spiritual enlightenment and turning your life around by finally deciding to start blinking. It's pretty, it's as good. well as ending, <laughs> ending the talk with encouraging the audience to also try blinking if they're. I mean, it's a TED <laughs> Talk. You gotta, you know. <laughs> uh, so 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 it ended up being about a minute and a half long of a TED Talk, um, and it took me four prompts to, uh, you know, revise it going from the initial like lawn mowing business down to this thing. So I I wrote four sentences to get this minute and a half long Ted talk. I threw it over into a Descript and it just plugged my voice into it. I assume you trained Descript on one of your podcast recordings. Yeah. I I just dumped a podcast recording into it, which it it takes it about a day to train up a voice. But then once you've got it, you've got it. Right. So, uh, so yeah, it, it took it about, I don't know, 20 seconds to slap my voice onto this chat GPT generated TED talk. So it took less time um, to talk to, for the, for the audio to be generated from the talk than it would be to, for you to actually would be speak it. to yep. record it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's for a minute and a half talk. It would have taken a similar amount of time for like a 20 minute yeah, talk. It's very fast. Whatever. Right. Um, and then finally I, I went to, there's a website called sound raw mm. or sound draw, which, uh, you can generate uh, music mm. on, and it kind of it has it has a lot of like kind of preset stuff, and then some other kind of like AI generated stuff, and it kind of like mixes it together, and you can choose genres and styles and feels and whatever, and it it just spits out like two dozen songs, and you listen through them, and then you know you can like make variations off of one and stuff like that. So uh, so I 
put together some kind of inspirational music, threw it under this TED Talk, and then boom, I have a TED Talk about blinking that nobody wrote it, nobody spoke it, nobody wrote the music, and and it's an audio clip that you can if- listen to. <laughs> uh, so that whole process, that whole process took me a few hours, but it was actually because I spent most of that time trying out different tools and trying to figure out, you know, what just how things now work. That's your pipeline. Um, you could technically now that I now that I figured that out, I did it again, and it took six minutes. Mm-hmm. So it took six minutes to to make a one and a half minute TED talk. But actually, like I could have just told ChatGPT, "Hey, just make this a lot longer," and it still would have taken six minutes. Yeah. Like so, so I could technically have like a twenty-minute talk in a file uh, that is that took six minutes to to make, which is it's weird. really weird. The whole thing is weird. Uh, just top to bottom. Would it be a good talk worth you know listening? Well, to? and this therein lies the mm-hmm. conundrum. So I was on I was on Reddit uh, a couple days ago, and I saw a comment by somebody, and I was like, I've been looking at enough Chat GPT shit to know that this comment reads like a chat GPT mm-hmm. uh, like output. AI. You're sort of like, a, it's like a Blade Runner. You're like, I see you. Something's <laughs> uncanny about this comment. It has and no so, soul. Yeah. 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 Uh, and way too perfect of grammar. That's, that's also <laughs> so, true. Well, it's, it's a couple of things. Yeah. It's like, it's this kind of opinionless nothingness mm-hmm. that it kind of has where it doesn't say have things. a personality is really what it comes down to, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, There's it's just very, there. yeah, it's very, it's very uncanny. Um, so I, I clicked into this person's post history because I was like, why would this person use chat GPT to reply to a comment on Reddit? Uh, because this is now chat GPT just saying something. Yeah, to what it's not, you, you are not yourself like replying to the comment to add something to the conversation. You just had a robot sort of just dunk some words into it, right? Um, and so I looked at this person's comment history and they've got thousands of comments every few minutes they are replying to something with chat gpt mm-hmm. just every few minutes every th- like three to five minutes boom new chat gpt generated reply to a comment and after, after after like all the thousands of comments they posted they had accumulated like 50 upvotes total yeah. because the stuff they're saying is nothing it's mm-hmm. it's it adds nothing to the to the conversation, it doesn't reveal it. It's just a, it's a weird like, just, looks like a reply to a comment, but it's just nothing, right? Um, and then I thought this person is commenting on so many things so fast um, that they're not going to be the only one doing this. Oh no, I don't know why they're doing it necessarily, but they're doing it um, because they can, you know, <laughs> like it's because you can. Yeah. And I was like, you know, why I, did you make that TED talk? You know. Because just, you could. just to see if you could. Yeah, but the thing is, I'm not going to submit that. To, I, it was just like, how does this tool work, right? And I think there's a difference between doing that and actually, because I've also seen, for example, YouTube channels that create AI generated music and they upload a, a music video every five minutes. Mm-hmm. Is it good? Nobody knows because nobody has ever listened to it, right? Uh, and and some of those videos end up with like ten views, and some have five views or whatever. But it doesn't matter because this thing is just flooding YouTube with with mm-hmm. audio, right? And so so I was like, you know, how long is it until you go to Twitter or Reddit or YouTube, and it's it's just it's ninety nine percent or more robots posting things. And robots replying to those posts, and then robots replying to the replies. And it's just, it's 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 just a bunch of ghosts 
with no actual ideas or opinions or understanding. They're just doing stuff. Yeah, there's no, well, there's no soul in what is happening, right? There's no actual there's connectivity, no, really? Yeah, there's no goal or opinion or objective or thought or anything. It's just stuff. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I think there's like, there's um, a large fraction of stuff as we talked talked about before too, um, written by people that I think falls into that same category. Oh, 100%. Too, right? Like re- like reading YouTube comments. Um, it's just, I think it's the same deal. It's just like none, none of this needed to happen, you know? Yep. Uh, so I think, but, but it is like, it's the sheer volume at which it's the yeah. volume. Yeah. You can then take that kind of stuff that already is, I think still the dominant form of content, you know, and out down the internet, is like this stuff that like just doesn't actually add anything in that context. Yeah. But now or, it's not add or anything. Detracts. <laughs> or detract doesn't do anything. Well, if it's doing yeah. anything, it's usually just detracting in some way, right? Um, but to something that's that's mostly just neutral noise. Um, but people can tr- I mean, people can train these things to be negative or positive yeah, or whatever, right? Yeah. So I think, I think or over to time, have worse see, grammar or yeah, I think whatever. over time we're going to yeah. see things that that look a lot more like the kind of low value stuff that's made by people. I think we're going to have just lots and lots of that. Um, and that's going to just absolutely overwhelm everything. Overwhelm I think everything. Yeah. The part where it actually becomes something that people do things about is when it starts to affect advertising. You know, like that's when, when, when advertisers start complaining because they're spending all this money and not seeing a return, right? Because it's only robots interacting with all their stuff actually. Um, yeah. Then that's when the, Companies trying to sell advertising have to try to do something about all of this, right? Yeah, but, but honestly, like if if one in a thousand Twitter accounts or Reddit accounts or whatever was doing this, like what this person was doing, yeah, it would be it would be half of all the content. It would right? be like weeks before suddenly way more than half of the content yeah. on those sites is just. Nothing. Yeah, it's a, it's a volume <laughs> right. game. You cannot right. you cannot reasonably compete with on a human scale. Game. I would think of this as the same as as the, the email spam problem, right? Yeah, yeah, it's which same. or robocalling, which is right? an ongoing permanent problem, right? And but but it's I think it's going to be the same kind of a thing that we see there, where where if you if you follow any of the stuff about like the history of of email spam um, or its current state or like what all the different email providers are doing to try to constantly combat it, right? There's a recurring theme over and over and over and over again, which is this. Uh, you know, whack-a-mole game of all of these various sort of gatekeepers trying to keep that shit out because of how rapidly it destroys the value of a flooded, like email, yeah, a, email a flooded network right? is a useless network. It destroys it instantly, yeah. right? And well, so we saw this with like Steam trying to figure out yeah. how to slow down the flood of games coming in, or yeah. on mobile, just there just is a flood of games, and oh god, what you know? Yeah. That's just how it is now. Yeah, there's just tons of stuff, uh, right? And but like so like with uh, with email spam, there's of course a big financial incentive because it's usually they're trying to scam people and they, and they just need a small rate of scam returns to to offset the cost of doing it, right? Um, but it's such it's become such a technical enterprise because of because of, because of this arms race basically between email services and sp- and scammers and spammers, right? That the technical know-how required to do it just keeps going up and up and up and up, right? But also the tools that enable you to do it keep becoming more powerful, more accessible. So you keep having these waves where all of a sudden a huge crop of new people can come in and start scamming people and get under the radar for a little while, right? And then, and then that gets pinched. And then it, and it keeps on just doing this as the tools keep getting better. But historically, it's been the case just from at least as far as like people have been trying to track this stuff, that at any given moment in time, the vast, vast majority of 
like email spam is coming from like one or two criminal organizations. Yeah. Right. Like there was, and like, and again, it's a whack-a-mole though, right? Because they're always like out of reach or hard to find all this kind of stuff. Um, but I was listening to a podcast talking about one of the most recent ones, um, like in the, the mid 2010s. Um, and there was a, this enterprise that was responsible for 80% of all spam. Jesus. 80%. Right? <laughs> and they had this like really complicated enterprise where they were basically selling access to other scammers to their to their system. Their right, scam that they platform. Developed, right, to their scam platform. Yeah, it was well, literally. Said, and actually once... that was how they made their money was by selling spam as a service, right, to other yeah, criminal yeah. enterprises, right, until they eventually got brought down. But because – it's a game of whack-a-mole. Like within, within a few up. months, like there was a new thing responsible for 80% of traffic, right? Yeah. Well, and there's this there's this thing that the internet does, which is it it is really good at cent centralizing power into one place, right? Mm -hmm. So you think about like what's happened with like Spotify and music or Amazon and online shopping or you know, whatever, uh, or Steam and PC gaming, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's really good at sort of coalescing because the cost of you visiting Amazon is the same as you visiting any other website. You just you just type it in, right? So there's no more like location. There's no more store you have to go to or whatever. And so you're just going to bias toward going to the one that is more likely to have the stuff that you need. The right? most networked one. And so – You're right because it's like – Yeah, yeah it's the network Whichever one other people go to and this is – yeah, this is the reality of it. It doesn't decentralize. It sort of hyper-centralizes it, actually because it, it's – It creates winner-take-all markets. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I think so, actually the idea is all markets are winner take all markets by default, right? Unless you right. actively work but the, the that. internet just hyper accelerates. It, well, it's the, the internet. The internet converts all markets into one, which is yeah, right. Because like if you have a local market, yeah, you still have like your the best coffee shop in the neighborhood, right? But but you're limited by like how far is a person willing to drive, right? To, and capacity. It's, it's not like every capacity, person in the neighborhood yeah. can go to the same coffee shop. There's yeah. just not enough chairs, right? Yeah. So, but as soon as so, the market is just the world now or like your whole country or your whole state or whatever, like as soon as that scales up and there isn't a difference in any two people's like access to that thing just because they just get on the internet and order something or whatever, then yeah. Because I, I, don't, I don't think it's – I, I think it's the idea of it like accelerating these things. I think it's not – I think it's just – it just changes the scale of well, the market. Yeah, it's not constrained by the physical by the physical problems of scale yeah. that other platforms have. So, so you know, the concern with stuff like this is, you know, if you see this this one person just doing this weird like Chat GPT thing on Reddit, that's that's like an interesting nothing burger. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, that's weird that this person's doing this. But like like you were saying, Adam, uh, somebody could could change the prompt of like what it is that they're having chat GPT do or how they're having it engage. Right. Um, and so somebody could very easily develop an API layer that sits mm -hmm. on top of chat GPT where it says basically, Hey, uh, you know, for, for 20 bucks a month, you can have up to like 10 bots that go around these different websites, commenting things, uh, based on whatever it is and however you want it to, Lean. to angle. Right. Um, and all those all those troll farms will be out of jobs, unfortunately, because oh yeah, immediately know, they'll just be replaced by robots. Yeah, but 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 that's I mean that's going to be a, a business model if it isn't already, and we just oh, don't I'm know sure that. it already exists. Um, um, snow and, melts at the edges. Remember, yep. so it's one of those like if you saw that guy, if you found that guy just with this 
think an AI even as a username. Like it's not like a subterfuge she was running, right? It's just sort of like a it's just a thing. It's just a, th- a weird, a weird thing. thing. But it's like okay, if he's doing it and kind of more or less out in the open, then yeah, you know that there already are a lot of these AI bots running around in all these contexts, right? Um, yeah. yeah. And it's if you real- train stuff on the right data and then you are using it in a place where things have low information density, right? So like comment sections of anything. Social right? media. Social media, period, yeah. right? Um, if you use them in those contexts, then it actually, because we we're talking earlier about how like, oh, you can spot these things and they're, and they're easy to see, right? And it's actually not true. You can, you can easily see it when it's like straight chat GPT, somebody like dumping it into some context, right? Yeah. But if someone just actually trains up a model at the quality of chat GPT or even significantly less, but in these low information density areas. Yeah, you won't be able uh, to tell. You won't be able to tell uh, just yep. at all. Yeah, the only yeah, the reason I was able to tell here is just because this guy just did not do a very good job of prompting it to sound more believable. There's no flavoring right? going it, on. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, which which you'll see like if you've played around with the, the, the image generation tool mid-journey, it has kind of a default style that it generates images in and you can kind of tell. Yeah. But with just like one extra word you can throw in there, you can just get a different, different style out of it, and suddenly it doesn't look like a mid-journey image anymore. Yeah, it could be anything, yep. <laughs> unless you just look at the hands. Then you can tell that <laughs> yeah. it's, yeah. But it's um, yeah. So, and then like there's there's other weird shit going on, like this this infinite Seinfeld episode on Twitch, yeah. which uh, is yeah, apparently like a few people did this as a passion project. They started like four years ago. Mm. Um, using some of their own AI tech, like this was before OpenAI had ChatGPT available and stuff like that. So they're starting to integrate these other technologies. But the idea was, can you make a, a, a 90s style sitcom that's like Seinfeld, but that's just continuously AI generated and it just goes on forever? Mm-hmm. And it includes, right? and so it includes the, video of the characters moving around, the camera, the audio. Them. The well, it shows that too. It shows Seinfeld specifically because its whole thing is it's a show about nothing, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. And so they needed something again. There's like the low information density and the low like carry through of like one thing, Plot. like into the future, yeah. you know. Um, and so that was why they chose that as a yeah. So it's so it's basically just these clips back and forth of of the characters in the apartment, and then and then interspersed with. Scenes uh, like like in the Jerry Seinfeld stand up scenes where one of the characters, you know, Larry in this case, they they just made kind of mirror <laughs> yeah. characters of the Seinfeld characters, will go up and, and tell these AI generated jokes to an audience, and <laughs> and the weirdest thing is like looking at at Twitch chat, um, re- like replying to stuff because every now and then there will be like an actually good joke in mm-hmm. there, or there'll be something that's like so unexpected, uh, mm-hmm. and it just like actually works. Uh, it kind of reminds me of, of we're doing some stuff in Crashlands 2 with like characters emoting. And right now we're just playing like random emotional sounds mm-hmm. when they're speaking. And every now and then it just exactly lines up with the text, which is great. Other times it does something very different from what you expect, which is even better somehow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so basically this, this AI generated Seinfeld episode is just randomly generating scenes and interactions and conversations. And like one of the things – and, and and since it's continuous, then it's not like you can go back and like watch an episode of it. Yeah, if you yeah. miss it it's in the moment, then that's just, that's never gonna happen again. <laughs> and like, there's this one I just I just 
checked it out yesterday, and first of all, it looks like shit. It looks like yeah, shit. I, it's I, I opened it up and it, I watched it, looks, it for like a, a minute, and I was like, I hate everything. It looks terrible, and the AI voices have, are just completely flat with no real yeah, emotion. Clear. But Seinfeld if you get past is, that, Seinfeld's good. You know, what I mean, like it's a, it's an interesting yeah. show. It's very funny, and this is not that, but. Well, honestly, though, I think it's it's alarming, though, how well some of the things of course, yeah, land. Yeah. So I just I just watched it for like 15 minutes just to see like what kind what's like what's the range of things going on here. At one point, one of them said it was like, a, uh, oh, yeah, I've been working on my jokes, but I'm really nervous to to tell them, you know, and then one of their characters is like, oh, come on, you could like try some of your jokes on us. Mm. And the first one goes, all right, here goes nothing. And then it just cut away <laughs> to the next <laughs> I was like, that was pretty good, actually. (laughs) That was nothing. Uh, Right, but was that like, was it generated that way or did it, was it just random? Well, that's the thing. It was not intentional because oftentimes they will have moments where somebody will be like, somebody will be like, somebody said something really interesting to me yesterday. And then it just cuts cuts to the next thing. Right. (laughs) So just because the pattern is just like one thing and then a response and then another thing and and then a new scene, right? And so, well, sometimes I mean, sometimes the, the conversations go on for quite some time. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, at one point, people were saying, like yesterday, the characters all said, like, let's all go to the park and feed some ducks. And then they left, and then it was just like several minutes of just different camera shots of the empty apartment <laughs> 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 with like weird music going on. Well, I mean, and then sometimes there. the AI gets gets like stuck on things where like for like a, an entire several hour period. The characters would always start using the microwave at the end of a conversation. <laughs> and, it, and then, like, I don't know, it's just you can see these weird things that the AI is just like doing stuff and getting like caught in these weird patterns. And so it's kind of fascinating, you know, to watch. Well, it essentially um, becomes a modern art project, really, in a way, right? Yeah. It's like a. It it's a, a I mean, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fascinating yeah, commentary it, on, on like what, what it is. What, what does it mean when you can infinitely generate stuff a, like an atemporally? Like when it takes so little time to create. It takes the same amount of time to make it as it takes to watch or it. Or less. That's the craziest part, or less. right? Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> the less part is the part that weirds me out because you could you can simultaneously have one of these things. It could be – it could – this one bot could potentially be creating, yeah, infinite you know, bad Seinfeld, but infinite Seinfeld episodes – while also creating infinite, you know, bad Simpsons episodes. Like, they can be happening yeah. simultaneously. But the question is, like, what happens what next year, two years, three exactly. years from now, when it can actually make good episodes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, because then at that point, it's like, why, you know, just just tune in at any time and watch your favorite characters just doing unpredictable, yet still, like, coherent and hilarious things. Um, and if you stop watching it for a day... Gone. You just missed it. Like it's like the ultimate, you know, FOMO, right? Like the fear of missing out. Uh, you just want to keep watching it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's pretty interesting. Well, I, guess, going on. I mean, so, there's things like uh, you know, panda cams and stuff, right? Where it's like Zeus set up the camera so you can yeah. just like tune in any moment, just see an animal doing some weird stuff, right? And of course, that always works because like they don't have to talk about things, right? So it doesn't have to be an overarching story. An overarching story. Yeah, uh, but character I, development. <laughs> but but I think that idea that there's this there's this really wide range of of kinds of content that people are interested in, and it includes this category of like ephemeral. Um, it's just living surreal, Sh- absurdist comedy. I yeah, guess. or just just like observing things unfold, but without rhyme or reason, right? Mm-hmm. And 
And I think that's to your point. Like I think I think like some aspects of AI are already encroaching that territory where they can, given the right setup, like if somebody comes up with the right way to create something, so like a show about nothing is a perfect kind of category, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or like a fake zoo where you're just watching animals do stuff, right? Or whatever, right? They're like, there are kinds of categories that you could come up with that already AI can like kind of do and generate that kind of stuff, right? And we're on the very like early part of that. But I think you're right that over time, as all that stuff gets better, we're going to see more and more of like these kinds of new, these new weird kinds of media of just perpetually generated ephemeral. And I think actually streaming is a good example of this. Like streaming is, yeah. It's kind uh, of the same category for, actually for people, right? Yeah. It's like any yeah. moment of a stream, completely pointless and useless, right? It's the whole experience of like sitting down with other people engaging in this largely ephemeral experience, right? Of like this this other person doing stuff. And like so many of the things that, that people are streaming about these days are like just – they're just talking like while they're playing a video game. Or they're just like walking around their house doing stuff. It's doing basically a panda cam. While talking, right? You know what I mean? It's basically it's- a panda cam. Yeah, exactly. And so like we already have this, this uh, human-generated kind of ephemeral show about nothing thing going on, right, that people are into. And I think we're going to see just more and more – and I think I don't think it's going to be like oh literally there's an infinite Seinfeld now although something like that I'm sure will exist um, an infinite sitcom right because like mm-hmm. sitcoms again like it's actually low information density or it can be right um, so that'll probably be one of the earlier things to appear mm-hmm. um, well and they just like they take place in like oh it's like an apartment a coffee shop like three locations you know? yeah 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 there's like a few different locations and it's mostly just characters talking so you don't have to. Yep. Simulate giant, expansive like adventures across the you know yeah. going to Mordor. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Would be but a if they, thing. yeah, but yeah. if they if they seem like they have personalities, and if the personalities seem like they interact, like that's once we get there, that's when you can kind of generate this stuff because that's basically now a streamer, right? It's the same idea, mm-hmm. right? Is yeah, again, any moment, who cares, right? But it's it's the participation in the whole thing. But I think we're gonna end up seeing all kinds of really weird stuff that we can't conceive of right now because people can't stay awake making content 24 seven, right. That just is happening in real time. And as that becomes feasible with different kinds of artificially created things, I think we're going to see just completely new genres of like weird robot made ephemeral, like media experiences Mm -hmm. that that'll come out. Yeah. Yeah, well, and, it's and be there's, a, there's a cost benefit question from a from a company's perspective as well, which is if you, if you're a company like Netflix that does streaming or you know Hulu or whatever, um, and and you see that hey, this infinite Seinfeld episode has been going on for a month mm-hmm. and has fifteen thousand concurrent viewers right now on Twitch, right? <laughs> um, and it just kind of has like ten to fifteen thousand viewers just uh, at all times. What is right? that? <laughs> people are people are tuning in, right? Like, what does that mean? Yeah, but are they doing people, it because they're hearing about it and checking it out or because like, is it a cycling in of people or is there a community of that's that big of people who are actually interested in it? Or is it a community of people who are like just fascinated with the idea of this and then like telling, and actually that what's actually been created is a community around this just bizarre, surreal performance art piece, right? That has within themselves developed some way of like engaging with each other that that the community has all the value, value is right around the thing. Yeah, because right? like, yeah, because I don't like I don't think if you played this thing on Netflix, I don't think any fucking person would tune into it, right? Because yeah. 
there aren't other people that you get to interact with while it's happening. Um, it's not engaging enough that if you didn't have the weird commentary from Twitch chat, like hyping up random things, then yeah. it would not be the same. But, you know, like we're saying, if at some point it is able to make actually good uh, episodes and character moments and dialogue and whatever, then, you know, it's it's only a matter of time before you see some kind of infinite sitcom mm -hmm. <laughs> appear on these streaming services. Because once they develop the, the tech to do it, then the, re the returns are infinite, right? Like you just, you just keep generating it and every new episode you generate or every new piece of it you generate d it costs. Yeah. I still think nothing, it's, it's right? still, it's so hard. It's so hard to generate content with enough humanity and information density that, that, people can like be entertained by it for a significant period of time, just like on their own, unless there's some other thing going on, like, you know, Twitch chat or whatever. Yeah. I think, I think your point that, about the community, I think it's being, the yeah, I think it's, I think we're still really far away from anything like, like, Oh, it's literally an infinitely generated show that a lot of people actually enjoy. That like I think we're solo. You mean? Yeah. I think we're, I think yes. we're super far well, away from maybe that. here's a, here's a question. Do you think the concept of an infinite AI generated show uh, in the uh, video streaming space, will be kind of like cloud gaming. Oh yeah, in the sense that, yeah. in the sense that, in the sense that all these different companies are going to be like, that's our holy grail. Like yeah. if we can, if we can if figure we can that, all out. the money up front instead of having to do it, you know, repeatedly and yeah. constantly. Yeah, but yeah. I think, I think whether really, or not like, it's actually good, the best that really AI the can do, <laughs> the best that AI can do, is as good as its training set, right? Right. Which means the best that AI can do is how good people can do, mm -hmm. right? That's that's still the limit, at least currently, until we come up with better ways to push those boundaries, right? But still, like it's all about training sets, because again, they aren't they aren't doing things with intent; they're just computing training sets and then throwing noise in and spitting out data, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, think about the average quality of your experience watching any piece of media, reading any YouTube comment, doing any whatever, right? Like. That's the that's the best case experience. Like, think of like Seinfeld itself, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you're not going to have a show that's as you can't make an, an AI generated show that's as good as Seinfeld. It would just have to be like you say Seinfeld again, progression right? toward the mean, sort of a yeah. Like, argument. it actually always has to be worse unless the training set is just the one thing. But even there, like, it would like what would it even mean for you to take like all of Seinfeld, use it as a training set, and then somehow extend that to like. Now just keep making Seinfeld, but it's all like artificially generated, right? Like I think the reality of of the sort of inescapable fact, at least currently, what the way that all these things are currently done with machine learning versus artificial intelligence, because they're not the same thing, right? And everybody's right. calling machine it AI because that's yeah. easier, but but none of this is AI, right? None of this. It's is, predictive. It's a predictive all algorithm. Of it, based all of on it is statistics. That's all it is, right? Yeah. So if you take machine learning approaches that can only be as good as the the incoming data. And then you're trying to generate like a sh like you like you want something of the quality of Stranger Things on Netflix. Like Stranger Things is a is a service selling you know long form series, right? Yeah, but I think like, I think you're not spitting that thing out. I think well, that's the case. I think there's the reality is that things that are not good are oftentimes still very enjoyable to. Yeah, but like, what I'm saying is most things are made by people actually fall into that category. They're yeah, like yeah, it's not necessarily medium-ish, right? But yeah. it's amusing. So, it's a good and especially if you're again, I think I think the interesting thing to me is like what Seth was keen into with the the or what you were keen into with the community aspect of that 
experience, right? Because like, so I watched The Bachelor with my wife. We watch I watch dating reality TV shows, mm-hmm. but specifically with my wife, and we talk about it, and we're always, you know, dunking on people, whatever. And it's like, would I just watch them like just by myself? And like never talk to anybody or never like look at like one of our most favorite things to do is after like an episode of The Bachelor to go look at Twitter and be like, what does, what does the world think about this person's behavior? And then there's yeah. all these memes and stupid stuff, right? And it's like. Yeah, that, it's, that, but that's the point that I make, which is that there are certain kinds of experiences mm-hmm. like, like you're describing that will be enabled by yes. machine learning rel- relatively soon, right? In some form or another. And like we're already seeing that with this infinite Seinfeld thing, right? Yeah. Um, but there are other things that the current approach literally can't do. It's not going to be generating like, oh, now all of our TV shows are great and made by AI. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like just that's not, on, that's not on the radar. That's not going to be happening. But we're going to see more of these like weird uh, other kinds of experiences that will have to largely be that a huge fraction of the value is coming from externally to the media itself because the media itself, like it doesn't have enough value on its own. But something, some aspect of it makes people want to engage with each other, right, to talk about it. And I, and I think anytime you take one of these, like, again, these low information density kinds of things, like uh, like a lot of reality TV, right, like that's exactly, I think that's a perfect model of, of this, right, which is, there's a reason there's a million reality TV shows on like any random fucking topic you can think of. If someone just, an ideas guy just mashed an idea into another idea and was like, what if we pit people against each other and put a million dollars on the table with this insane thing, right? And many, like, I've tried to start a bunch of them as they, they appear on Netflix, you know? And I'm immediately like, just like, like, feel hatred for the thing in my soul when I have to turn it <laughs> off, right? But there are others that I start, and I'm like, oh, I can see why people are engaging with this, yeah, you know? It's abusing. And because, like, the the risk profile is really low because they're, they're so cheap to make and they can just spin them out, right? Yeah. But again, the value of that comes from people talking about it externally. And I think that kind of content, I don't think literally reality shows, but I think things that are represented by that kind of experience. Same idea, right? It's like, yeah, it's going to, that's going to be where we're going to see a lot of the actual like production level media made by machine learning go into. Yeah. But, but it is, it is going to be the case that, that the, the end game of all this is any, any company with a budget to invest in R and D that is in the like video streaming or entertainment space is going to be thinking about this in terms of if we can develop a piece of tech that allows us to create extremely high quality shows just at the press of a button. Or even medium quality, right? Or even medium quality, right? Mm -hmm. As long as it's better than the average, then the volume will win, right? Because like if you can, if you can get 50 and pretty good new shows just like created every week <laughs> uh, and and launch somehow, then you no longer have to take pitches from from humans creating yeah. these I have, shows. I have one argument whatever. in favor yeah. of that position and, and one against it. So the one in favor yeah. is is Christmas movies. Uh, I was listening you guys listen to Business <laughs> Wars. There's a podcast. Uh, no. It's so Business Wars is a podcast I recommend. It's pretty it's pretty fun. It's always just like two businesses, you know, historically, mm. some recent, some old, whatever, but two businesses that went against each other and one one won, the other failed, and it's just like telling the story of that, right? So it's it's fascinating. It's really very kind fun. of fun. Uh but one of them that I listened to a while ago was about like the Hallmark. I think it's the Hallmark mm. channel. Yeah, yeah. Um and how the way that they kind of like pulled themselves out of the out of like almost disappearing. Right was by just like going so fucking hard into their Christmas movies, right? 
And every year they just did like more and more Christmas movies, right? And every year they were like, people on the board were like, there's no way we can, that if we just add like, because they're already doing like 30, there's like, and they, every year they're trying to do more, right? And there was like, there's no way that we can just add more and people will still watch them, right? Yeah, and they're all the same in terms they're of all the, like, I mean, it's the, a, the concept. Yeah, to the point where like it's a genre and kind of, a, it's like a jokey genre, right? Where people are like, it's like again, you mash a few ideas way, together. Right? Yeah, it's like a B-horror movie, yeah, same idea. Um, but what they found was that no matter how, and, and they're all like just middle, middling movies, right? Like in terms of this idea of like middling content, right? I think from a script standpoint, AI might have a good crack at one of those. Yeah, <laughs> they really could. <laughs> they really could. Um, and uh, but they found that they like that they didn't see a drop off in 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 value. Like so, so like whatever that economic curve is, where you keep on you know mm-hmm. dumping. Yeah, they, they haven't hit like what's a satiation point but, with their yeah, audience. They hit, yeah, and that's despite having like 30 movies or whatever. And so so then other companies were taking note of this, right? Because there's a reason, like, I don't know if you've noticed, but like in the past few years on Netflix, like number of Christmas shows is really like – Oh, yeah. There's like – There are numerous. really climbing because – and I think it's just like Christmas stuff, like schlock that you, you know, buy for your Christmas season, yeah. right? There's a reason that that shit keeps creeping earlier and earlier and earlier. And there's a reason why there's so much of it and so much – like there's so much – Christmas themed uh, house stuff that is just garbage to mid tier, right? It's like just all garbage, right? But the reason it exists is because that thing has a particular kind of value to people, right? Where they can't get enough of that mid grade content. Like there's well, just is that people like uh, people like the comfort of the familiar, yeah, and. Also, they like novelty. So if you can keep giving them new, new things familiar stuff yeah. that still are basically the same as the old yeah. thing, but it is a new thing technically, mm-hmm. then they'll just jump on it. Yeah. Right? So and that's where I'm like, you know, so the, my, yeah, my argument of, in favor of your position is Christmas, basically. Um, because <laughs> right. like, to me, it doesn't make any sense, but that is what's actually that is what actually happens, right? Um, but the argument against it is my own experience with like the app stores. Right, which is yeah. and even Steam is as those have gotten noisier because there's just so much stuff and actually also things like Netflix and stuff, right? Because it used to be I'd pop into Netflix, whatever they were like top shows or recommended for you. If I watched it, I would have a great time, mm-hmm. and that was true even just a few years ago. Now it's like I almost definitely am going to have a bad time if I just pick something, right? Like I have to now mm-hmm. hunt for stuff that's going to be good or like, or like go online to like read what's the best stuff, you know. You're saying there is whatever. a there is an externality to high volumes, which is yeah. that which uh, is noise and noise, yeah, and searchability. Yeah. And, and unless there's some other reason for you to accept middling content like Christmas or or a, a social experience over the Seinfeld, infinite Seinfeld, right? Mm-hmm. Unless there's some other reason than if things drown in middling content, then they become a place that people don't go anymore, you know? Yeah. And I think we're also going to see this as like AI drowns out um, everything. Everything. Like, cause there's a reason yeah. like we, like I stopped being on Facebook probably for the same reason that you guys did years ago. I mean, years and years ago at this point, but I stopped being on there because yeah. it used to be a place where I interacted with people and had like conversations, like figured out what people were up to. And then it became a place where people just like posted every little minutia about their lives. Right. Yeah. And, and then it went from there to a place where people just posted hot takes about their bad political beliefs. Right. And like that's, that was interspersed with baby pictures, interspersed with yeah. baby pictures. Right. So, <laughs> so the value to me, there was so much noise there that yeah. 
the value to me to stay for the stuff that wasn't noise just kept on going down. And you can also see this too, where like Facebook is like clearly trying to find ways to generate revenue again. And like, I mean, and this is even pre AI stuff. Cause like none of that was an AI problem. <laughs> yeah. Right. And like, you look at what Google search is trying to deal with right now too, where Google search is becoming less and less useful over time because advertising companies are becoming, or I guess companies that rely on advertisements are becoming so good at juicing Google search optimization mm -hmm. that you can't search for anything without finding garbage at the top, right? And so to the point where it's actually starting to impact Google's ad revenue, right? Mm -hmm. And like, but it's always been this constant battle of just like low to middling value noise, noise, basically. Yeah. Overwhelming the stuff that we actually care about. And I think, I think we're all in agreement that AI, no matter what forms it's gonna take, is going to ex accelerate and exacerbate this problem so dramatically. It's going to blow that, it up. I think that's, yeah, that's, we're already yeah. failing to handle it. Like every with just people with, just with people. the constraints that they on have. every demand. Like you think like the troll farmers of the 2016 yep. election, all this kind of stuff, right? Like, like we're failing so aggressively to actually deal with this already. Um, and all we've companies been able to we've been able to get by. Yeah, but we're just while getting while by or like or like slowly decaying, you know. But I think. I think the 2020s are going to be the era of noise, basically. Yeah, I think. Because, yeah, I think we started that in the mid 2010s. I think. I think like oh, with the, the era media of, stuff. Yeah, was, I think social yeah. media started the era of noise, um, mm -hmm. and I think we're gonna get, and then AI is gonna just fucking. We're gonna be deaf. You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of that that saying of like, what happens when an unstoppable force hits an immovable object, right? Yep. And it's like, what happens when when you have all these economies and all these companies that are built to be able to handle infinite scale, mm -hmm. right? To just have like as many YouTube videos as people can upload, we'll take them. As many mm -hmm. Twitter posts as people can post, we'll take them, right? Mm -hmm. All these things that are, that are supposed to be able to scale infinitely. And then you create tools that actually do scale the the yeah. inputs infinitely. Yeah. <laughs> then what happens? Yeah. No, it's not because they're supposed to be able to handle it as long it. as it's people, you yeah. know. But if it's not people anymore, well, and we've we've also been seeing this recently too with like the the sudden apparent realization in the tech space that infinite scale is an insane goal, right? And so you have yes, but also like, and it doesn't work because of basically robots most of the time, right? Because like so Heroku, if anybody out there's in the web tech space at all. You'd be familiar with the company Heroku because they they were like the entry point for because they, they basically had a free account tier where you could like spin up a little server that they made really mm -hmm. easy for you to like click a button, you got a server now, and you can like and they could they would automatically have like WordPress on it or like all, a whole bunch of kinds of things that you might want to go play with or use, right? And they had this free tier where you could just like spin up something and throw some code on it. And so like everybody who was learning web development over the mm -hmm. last like decade was like putting shit on Heroku, right? And then this, a few months ago, all of a sudden Heroku was like, our free tier is too riddled with scammers and spammers and people mining crypto and like, and like all mm -hmm. of this stuff, right? And we just can't, ha we can't have it anymore. Like there's not a way for us to, to keep this. It's and, a tragedy of the commons. Yeah, and keep it like financially <laughs> viable. And so well, we again, have to Because the scale is infinite, right? That's what you're talking about. The, the, yeah, the it's infinite. ability to take advantage of it is actually infinite. Which is yeah. very different than it. I mean, it's one thing to be like, uh, you know, like, oh yeah, you know, X percent of of real people who are 
coming into our supermarkets are like shoplifting a little bit and so we're getting a little bit of loss you know mm-hmm. it's very different if like if that number could just it just keeps could growing. just go up it, yeah. if you're like there's one guy on the other side of the neighborhood who has an infinite army of robots that just mm-hmm. keep shoplifting <laughs> <laughs> that's not yeah that's not a, that's a different problem yeah. uh-huh. you know? a very different problem even yeah, if it seems even if you start with the ability to like theoretically infinitely scale your shelves it's like well how much of your resources now are just given given the infinite shoplifters infinite mm-hmm. stuff? <laughs> like, what's the what are we you know what do we do? Yeah. So, so yeah, then the I only the only next move is for somebody else to develop an infinite army of robots that intercepts the shoplifting <laughs> robots and steals shit back from them. Yeah, you know? and that's basically what like a, the Google's uh, email spam filter is. Right? Is like it's true. Yeah. It's their own army of robots trying to detect and, and mitigate this onslaught of just noise. So I think, I think that what we're going to see over this next decade is going to be this just fascinating. Uh, there's, some, there's going to be some implosions and explosions of various sorts of like the thing. Cause, oh, yeah. cause we're all, we're not ready for it at all. Um, but it's gonna be really, cause I think the, the only way that this, that we can like survive this next move really is a whole bunch of like also legal and institutional changes, but you know, that's a they always slow and unlikely will process. not happen. <laughs> yeah. but for, the, but companies themselves that like rely on there being some level of like actual information density are going to get hit by this really hard. So I think what we're going to see is a, a sudden kind of closing down of what used to be, what used to be like everything's about scale, free tiers, infinite everything. Like you're like that, and we keep you your publish stuff a video on YouTube no for what. free. And yeah, publish like, a video for free. Even yeah, if I think, it costs a buck. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. What like so? I think we're going to start to see this kind of a thing where I think the. We're gonna start seeing gates go back up, yeah. um, and I don't know what those gates are gonna look like, and I don't know if they're gonna be successful. But I think that's gonna be the fastest way for people yes. to mitigate this onslaught is basically by dramatically increasing the cost of entry, so that the value proposition of like having just infinite robots dumping infinite content goes down because there is no value in doing that actually, right? Like you don't get anything out of it, and so people aren't gonna be willing to. And I think that's gonna be what it comes down to always is like it's a resource management problem. It's like, how do you make it just expensive for people to do that? Yeah, that's actually, that's an interesting thought where, where the value of something like Twitter or Facebook or Reddit or whatever for, for people is like, they can just make an account for free and just start posting. Yep. Right. Which that model only works if it is people. Yes. And as soon as it's, as soon as it's not, uh, the platform will utterly collapse under the volume of robots mm-hmm. uh, and people won't, go to it anymore. Right. So yeah, you're right. The only way to save it is, is, you know, if we look back at steam when they had, yeah, when steam had, uh, they went through three phases. First phase was if you want to launch your game on steam, you send it to valve and they say yes or no. Next phase was steam Greenlight, where you could for free create Mm -hmm. a green light campaign where you had basically a pitch to the steam community. And then they could vote on whether they would like to see this game come to steam. Um, that worked well at first, but then the volume Scale. problem happened, which yep. is, which is people started just putting just the, the dumbest, weirdest shit <laughs> on there, really low effort. Like, oh yeah, I slapped this together in an afternoon and here's this dumb game about a, a frog or something. Or just memes um, about Valve that would show mm-hmm. up in there, you know? Yeah. No, um, no and, and sometimes those games would get upvoted be, just for the lulls, as yeah. they say. Right. And so it turned out that it didn't really do a good job. Of of being a filter for high quality games, and also the volume of things on there made it so that if you 
if you were a legit game developer with an actual good game, it would just be buried. I still remember when we mm-hmm. launched Quantumus Rampage on Android. Mm-hmm. And we, touch girl, we, touch boob. <laughs> yeah, we were we were in the list right next to a game called Touch Girl, Touch Boob. <laughs> And there was another game right on the other side of it, which was similar. And they both just had an icon of boobs. Um, Yeah. And it's like that. We raised up the charts together. We were like, we were literally watching us go from like, you know, whatever, bajillionth place, like, um, because like Quantum Rampage did well. Like it went way, way up to the top of the charts during that that little brief window. But the whole time we were just chasing touch girl, touch boob. And I don't think we We were neck and neck with touch girl, touch boob. (laughs) I don't think we ever, I don't think we ever overcame it. Did we? Probably not. It's a hard, it's a hard one to overcome, you know? Yeah. Yeah, But that's the thing is like, you know, the, the algorithm of the store will, will treat everything equally, you know, for some amount of time Mm -hmm. and, and hope that the community will kind of filter. Well, I think actually, there was actually another phase of steam also, which they've never said anything publicly about. Um, but seems to be the general developer experience, which is when you first launched your game, they would make sure some number of eyeballs got on it. Right. Yeah, half that's half a million impressions. Like, to yeah, see some like large number of impressions. And, and and this was sort of a, like, this sounds like, oh, that's really nice that they would like to, but, but the actual reality is, is they were trying to collect statistics on do people engage with this game and do they buy it? Because if they do... Yeah. Then you need a you need a large enough sample size, and for anybody who's ever looked at like the data behind engagement on stuff, like half a million views is not actually as big as it sounds like it is, right? Because yeah. the rates of people engaging with stuff are so tiny. Um, but even still, like they needed enough to get a good statistical sampling, and then say like, okay, now we know kind of how to treat this game, and if if it's going to get juiced up the charts and all this stuff, and. Maybe they still do that for new releases. I'm not sure, but it used to be the case that you could like, you could like sort of trigger, you could like earn a a visibility by good performance, like the ability to like have that happen again, sort of. Right. And over time, still have visibility rounds, but the the total number of impressions you get is not just keeps going lower and lower and lower because there's just more and more games. Yeah. So yeah, Yeah. the the final phase of of steam then was, it's it's uh, now kind of bring your own customer base is kind of what it's become. Yeah, yeah, and you pay. You pay to launch your game. There's no yeah. more green light. You know, you draw. I think it's like 100 bucks or something. Um, yeah, yeah, but you so still don't right. pay per game, right? And they and Steam still because you pay per uh, per Steam, company, right? Steam is per game. Uh, is it per iOS game? And iOS and Android. Oh, that's right. Yeah, company. the other ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and yeah. we see on those on those storefronts is that there are publishers on on the mobile <laughs> storefronts that just put out again like. A, 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 to the idea that this is not an AI problem, this is a problem that will be exacerbated by AI, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where there are the companies that just put out these like really asset flips, asset flip, asset low effort things, but but they've actually like there are companies whose entire business model is to spit out a new game every two weeks, right? Where they have like a, what they've built is the infrastructure to allow them to do that to make these like just like middling tier games, right? With the idea being that if they can spit out enough of them cheaply and kind of like in many ways just overwhelm the system, because if if you're if you're responsible for you know ten of the games that came out when the charts flipped right to the, to the next round, right, then sure there's a, still a lot of other games in there, but you're now actually representing a, a weirdly significant fraction of like the games released, and so the chances of like something going well for you just went way up, right? And well, they just rely on that. It's taking a uh, approach for ad revenue, which is to say that instead of saying like we have a game that is extremely engaging that people stay with for 180 days, you know, tons of play sessions, all the ad revenue comes from this one game, which is how most game developers work. They basically work on the opposite, which is to say mm-hmm. people pass 
people basically get this game. They play it for literally 15 minutes twice. Yeah, they see and they 10 never ads. touch it again because that's <laughs> right. yeah. But they see ten ads in the process, and then there's we every two weeks we create out another you know one of yep. these whatever else. And over time, you you actually build you're basically building as a portfolio in ad mm-hmm. revenue engine, but not as any individual game. Which it's is just, but then net. again, it's, it's just a net to catch people in. Yeah. Well, but also what it is is it's competing against the noise, but you're doing it by adding to the noise, right? It's like it's the same the noise. Being. Yeah, it's the same as like you're driving <laughs> down the street and you see like a fucking ten billboards. ten billboards, right? all competing for your attention. And like the only way they can keep competing is they get bigger or taller. Right. And so, or more or more. Right. And the only reason we aren't just literally covered in billboards constantly is because of laws that don't allow people to do that. Cause otherwise we absolutely would be And anywhere where the laws are more lax, like Missouri, right. Compared to other places I've been um, like, I just, I hate so much driving down the St. Louis like highways, you know, yep. where it's actually, it's like a, it's a beautiful city with like interesting stuff going on, you know, but I don't even get to look at it because there's fucking billboards every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah, that's and there. I mean, therein is the problem. Where what happens when when this this company that publishes a game every two weeks can do it every two hours, yep. right? Um, which we're we are like single digit years away. Like, you know, maybe like two three years away from yeah, but most even, I would but, say uh, for for enough of these kinds of of tools. AI assistant tools to make it possible to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, everything just kind of breaks down. So, yeah. And then anyway, it's like so very the, interesting the, stuff. The fast immediate solution to that is to, on the mobile stores is to have, you have to pay a fee per game. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then over time, it'll be like making that fee higher as that becomes a more difficult problem. Right. And like, and that has its obvious downsides too. Right. Because now that increases the barrier to entry to just actual people who are making useful stuff, but don't have, available resources, which has always been the problem with all of these things. Like when Heroku got rid of its free stuff, right? Again, that was like the place where like everybody who was trying to teach themselves web development, um, a huge fraction of whom were like doing it on the side as they were like doing with the job that they hate. They don't have have the resources available to like go pay money to use it, right? And because of all this other stuff happening of people like trying to, to overwhelm all of these systems, to get whatever that advantage is out of there, then this is what we end up with is we can't have nice things. This is, yep. This is why we can't have nice yeah. things. If only, as it always comes down to, if we just had <laughs> universal basic income, you know, people wouldn't have to do this stuff and then it would be easier for everybody. So. Oh, they still would though. Totally. But not for, as For many. the lols. Yeah. <laughs> for the lols. Yeah. For uh, the all right. Well, that's, that's all the time we have uh, for this week. This is all pretty wild stuff. I just want to make sure that, you know, we are, uh, it'll be interesting to look back on these conversations oh, yeah. you yeah, know, five a year or from now, years two years from now, and just be like, wow, we were way overblowing this thing. Or, wow, we uh, we really underestimated, even though we thought it was going to be a big deal. Yeah, really we really underestimated. Under, <laughs> under blew it. Yeah. We, I, yeah. we should add a, a quick, Under blew. Add a quick, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know what that was, cop, caveat. Because um, we're talking about a Descript and like making a model of, of your voice and stuff, right? Um, it's, it's not immediately obvious because this is all new stuff. Um, and there aren't any laws around it yet, but absolutely do not use other people's voices to make, to make mm-hmm. training. Well, like, yeah, it'll be fun. It would be like, it would be amusing to go like take somebody else's audio and be like, Ooh, I can make them say stuff or whatever. Right. Uh, but just take a moment and like, think about what you're doing. If you're, 
if you because it seems well, yeah. harmless at first, right? Descript, but if you think about it, that's pretty fucked up and really should require consent. It should legally require consent. We're not there yet, but I think obviously ethically it requires Descript, consent. Yeah, Descript requires you to record a, a a thing when you upload your own basically voice recording saying that it's you. Yeah. And it's a you talking to the Yeah, which of course there are ways around it, but it will be – it's kind of like having a, a lock to your house, right? Like somebody could just break through the window, right? But yeah. at least like it's going to be a bit much bigger problem. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, so Descript has some kind of safety mechanism there. It's not perfect, but at least it's something. Well, it's, it's more just telling you not to do it is really all it's doing, right? So – uh, it's just a reminder. So that, we're going to do that the same. Shit, yeah, that shit is harmless. <laughs> so so don't do it. Don't do that. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, that's all we have for this week. We'd like to thank our producers, Fat Bard and Sampa DaCosta, for putting the podcast together. And thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord running. To get more involved in the Butterscotch community, just go to podcast.bscotch.net, where we have links to the Discord, a way for you to donate, and links to the archives. Thank you all for listening. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye.